Hello everyone, it's Brian here, the UK Bitcoin Master, back with yet another video in my series, uh, Bitcoin for Beginners. T today's going to be, oh, I'm so excited about this one, and I hope you guys are too. Just bear with me, I'm going to pause this, as so I'm going to hear myself, that's done. Um, I'm really excited with the guests that I've got on tonight, but before I go into that, um, I, the guy that I'm going to introduce you to, I would say, and he doesn't want to hear this, but he's really silently mentored me. I've watched every single one of his shows without fail, as many as I can on live, um, and then obviously on catch up, the ones I couldn't watch. And literally, I started doing my own broadcast because he said you need to be in motion. And I started to run my own YouTube channel. And I didn't plan this. It's just happened. But today, um, Adam does them every single day. But with, uh, with stuff that I've got going on, I can only do a couple a week. And I'm trying to create this where every Monday and every Thursday I do a live show um, for you all. So I'm never going to catch up with Adam. He's done over a thousand shows or more. And his links are in the notes section uh, below. Um, but today is my 100th video, and it coincides with Adam being on my show. So uh, today is the 4th of April, 28, uh, I always say that, 2019. Um, as always, guys, have a strong Bitcoin hand, my people. You know um, my saying on this channel is um, learn about Bitcoin when you understand why we're so excited. Buy some, get it off that exchange onto your trezor, do nothing, and then wait for the halvings to come round. That is all you need to do. And you know something? It was only three days after the pump that's been going on that I even looked at anything because I'm simply not interested in the ups and the downs. I'm interested in the long term. So um, please, if you're watching this on Steam it on Catch Up, do give us an upvote and a re-steam. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at UK Bitcoin Master. I'm also on uh, DTube, which uploads to Steam it at UK Bitcoin Master. Uh, bitbacker.io, if you want to support me over there. Um, I'm also on BitTube, and they're all at UK Bitcoin Master. So that out of the way, do check the notes below. All Adam's links are below. I want to get into the show and I want to welcome to the show, if I can get my technology to work, Mr. Adam Meister. Adam, welcome to the show. Wow, Brian, UK Bitcoin Master. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I really, I really appreciate it. And congratulations on 100 shows, triple digits, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great. You're in, you're yeah, in motion. In motion, definitely, definitely. I am definitely in motion. You know, I I certainly don't know, you know, about Bitcoin what most techs know, but I know enough to know that I'm in the right place at the right time. And all I have to do is hold my Bitcoin and wait. And, uh, you know, yeah. based on that, you know, I really want to ask you some questions, Adam. Um, I'm sure in your you know, eloquent way, one question might roll in and answer another question. Um, but for our viewers that are on the call, um, pound that like button, people. If you're watching this in the future and you're new, uh, do take notice of everything we're going to cover on this uh, show uh, today. Uh, so, Adam, let's start the call by me asking you maybe a little bit of an intro into how and why you got into Bitcoin. Now, I know how long you've been posting videos because I've gone and watched back, watched some of your first where you sat out in your garden and did a video. It's quite uh, crazy to watch compared to what you do now. But 
when did you get into Bitcoin and why? Well, I, I, to give a little background, I'm not a technical guy either. So it just shows you, you don't have to be technically sophisticated to get into this. What you said before, this is the right place and the right time. You don't have to be some technical genius. And I was not. I came from a marketing background. I'm not a computer programmer or anything like that. But I was always interested in finance. I dabbled in real estate. And uh, I always looked at stock prices. And uh, I, I would say around 2008 and 2009, I was reading a lot of financial, alternative financial blogs that were predicting doom and gloom and the end. And, you know, I, I was in, I was kind of into that stuff then because uh, you want, you, you know, as a curious person, you want to see things in a different light. And it, it, you know, I learned a little bit about the Fed and the money printing, and and then I thought, well, it isn't when's it all going to blow up? Well, it 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 really did not take the the world didn't end. We're we're still living, right? Everything's going around, and um, but I was still going to those sites in in 2011, even, and they started talking about this Bitcoin thing, and that's it had to be in 2011 on these doom and gloom financial sites, and some of them were just alternative financial sites. Uh, they, they, they talked about something called Bitcoin. And at the time, it, I was just like, well, it's private internet money. It's money that's, it's digital money. And it's, it's not issued by a government. That's pretty basic right there. That seems pretty cool. I don't, I'm not a big fan of uh, governments. I'm not a big fan of inflation. It's, it's deflationary. And I was curious, but I didn't want to buy it because it, it just seemed too complex. I think you had to wire money to Japan at the time. I don't even know what you had to do, but there were many things that were, turning me off about buying it. But uh, and then I, I I heard about it in 2012 and I heard about it again in 2013 and there there must have been a there I think there was a pump at the beginning of 2013 the price went up I don't know like $2 to $50 or something like that and I was like wow this, this is really intriguing but still it still seemed too hard and toward the end of 2013 uh Coinbase came along and at the same time there was another pump like it went from 200 to uh, 1000 basically uh by the time 2014 started. Well, in November of 2013, I was like, well, there's this Coinbase now. I can buy it. I'm buying it. And I got my first two Bitcoin back then in, in cool. November. They were like uh, $600 a piece or, or, or something like that. And, and and then it went up to 1000 I thought, oh, I'm so smart. And then it went down. <laughs> you know, it went, it went way below. It went below that. But I did not panic. I was like, I I once I got it, I started telling my friends about it, and but I, I I knew I had to get more. So I did. As it went down, I, I got I got more and more, and I read more and more about it. And got into the internet forums, and there really weren't YouTube videos back then. And I made and you know right after I got into it, I made a video in December of 2013. I made my first video, and then I did not make videos very often, like in 2014 or or anything like that. But I was I was buying it, and I was studying it, and I was reading. And I was getting familiar with people and I started going to events in 2015. And then I, I started to pick up on my videos and then I, I really became the Bitcoin Meister and just, it just, I had to do a video every day, like basically starting in 2016. So that, that that's where we are today. That's how I cool. found out about it. It wasn't, I, it, I, I just thought we, we need some deflationary money that a government doesn't control. And I, I liked it. It, it. it seemed good. And uh, I really just, I, I got got into it hardcore very fast. So so you know Bitcoin moves on. So tell me in in your view for the for you know a simplistic view if you like for our viewers um what is it that 
you feel makes Bitcoin king, Bitcoin the rock, Bitcoin the one? You know, if people go and follow your channel, you know, the the, the Bitcoin Meister channel, you know, they, they, you'll hit, they'll hear you say, <clears throat> excuse me, Bitcoin is the rock, Bitcoin is the king, the apex predator and everything else. What is it, you know, for our viewers that, that, that gives you such a strong hand that Bitcoin is the rock? Okay, so let's compare it to altcoins and let's compare it to fiat because it's the rock of everything. It's the rock of finance. And I like how you said the apex predator. Pound that like button for saying apex predator. I love that. Uh, okay, so, so uh, you know, when you're dealing with Bitcoin compared to fiat and, you know, credit, let's say you're using a credit card and you try to, uh, you try to donate to uh, WikiLeaks, right? Using your credit card. Well, the credit card can say, no, even though it's your money, or, or your bank card. No, even though it's your money, we're not allowing you to send it there. It's We're censoring what you're trying to do. You're, we're censoring your money. And maybe your bank account will, maybe you tried to send it to another organization they don't like. And they're just like, oh, we've had enough of this dude. We're just we're just shutting down his bank account and we're taking his money. I mean, and people probably say, oh, they, they can't do that. Well, why can't they do that? They control it. They can do what they want to do. It's it's censorable. It's confiscatable, your, your bank money. But with Bitcoin, there is no, they, they can't stop it. No one can stop it. If you control your own private key, if you, if someone gives you a Bitcoin address, you send your Bitcoin to that address, there's nothing can stop it. No one can say, oh, you're not allowed to send it to that address. We're going to stop you or we're going to take away all your Bitcoin now uh, because we don't like who you're supporting. No, that that is why Bitcoin is, and <laughs> there's only a limited supply of Bitcoin too. With all the fiat money of the world, who knows how much is going to going to be printed? And and we, we experience every year we experience inflation in terms of fiat in every country. Some people don't notice it right away, but over time, you know, a car used to cost six thousand dollars. Now, what does a car cost? Thirty thousand dollars. That's in that's inflation. Uh, yeah. So why is Bitcoin? So that's those are some obvious reasons why Bitcoin is the rock and the king compared to the old monetary system. And then some people are going to be like, well, I want to. Uh, this Facebook coin, it seems pretty, you know, how about Facebook comes up with the coin, okay? So what? what the, that's kind of an altcoin there. That's like a private digital coin. And people, you know, I'll be, oh, it'll be, I'll be so easy. I can make payments from my Facebook page and everything. But they are going to keep track of every single payment you make. And then they, and they'll sell your information. And they might even uh, just shut you down one day. They don't, they're not going to like where you send your Facebook coin. But let's let's compare it to other altcoins, though. Let, let's just let's compare it to altcoins that are uncensorable, that that are uh, that are unconfiscatable, like Litecoin. Like like Litecoin is a top tier altcoin, okay? And uh, why is it why is it better than Litecoin? Why won't Litecoin surpass Bitcoin in popularity? We're we're at a point already where so many people are working on bitcoin okay so many developers it does it the no altcoin comes close like the second one might be ethereum okay also all of those other coins do have founders that are known that could be blackmailed that who knows what they could do that it, it could affect the price of these coins they are so they're all centralized to a certain point bitcoin was founded by some entity called satoshi nakamoto and he might be dead or he or she or it or them might be this entity cannot be black now no one knows who it is this is so in, in terms of bitcoin being sent having a centralized founder that is a positive that it does not that it is and uh so that that those are some reasons 
why it is the rock compared to altcoins and compared to Facebook coins and compared to uh, to, to fiat. But but again, one thing Bitcoin can't be it, it can't be reversed like Ethereum has. Ethereum there was a uh, they had to have a fork once to uh, turn back the clock because they had a, a, a bad thing happen. It was called the Dow. I'm not going to get into it. And uh, that with Bitcoin, you know, that's not going to happen. That once a transaction goes through it, that's it. It's too late. If you made a mistake, that's your personal responsibility. You cannot get bailed out. In, in Ethereum, there was a bailout. And in these other coins, if they do have these centralized leaders, uh, they, they can have bailouts. There are no bailouts in Bitcoin. And that comes back into your banging on about taking personal responsibility, doesn't it? You know, you've just said, you know, you make you do something wrong. There's no recompense. You know, you lose your Bitcoin. It's gone forever. So, you know, and I'm trying to follow your lead there. And, and I keep drumming home to people. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. You know, that is the way forward, you know, controlling controlling your own finances or your own bank or your own Bitcoin, it comes at a price, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, you know, going back to Facebook coin and maybe Ripple coin or all these other centralized coins that are out there, they can bail you out. They can, they, there, is, there is a lack of personal responsibility. So, so people might say, well, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have something where they're chargebacks or where, where I can, you know, if I make a mistake, they're going to save me. But again, they, there comes a cost with that. They can censor you. They can take all your coins away. I mean, that that is why personal responsibility is the new counterculture. There are the majority of people on this planet don't, they want to be bailed out. They don't want to, it's scary to them. They're so used to the bank system. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people do have nightmare stories with banks. They do. But at the same time, sometimes bank does, you know, if someone steals your credit card and uh, charges some stuff, they'll they'll fix it for you. They'll, they'll usually fix it for you. Uh, if you buy accidentally, uh, you did a double spend on a, uh, you know, you're, you're buying something online and you clicked it twice uh, and, and, you know, the credit card was charged twice, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. But with, with Bitcoin, that is not, that is not the case. You got to be very careful where you send your uh, money, where you send your Bitcoin to. But again, this is just personal responsibility. This is how the world used to be. It's a, this, this is the real world. There are no, there are no bailouts. You should, you should take responsibility for your finances. It, it's a, for me, it's an invigorating free. It's an invigorating a feeling, very freedom yeah. type of feeling. And I, I completely relate to that. It's like <clears throat> when you really get it, you know. There's, I think, there's very few people get it. But when you get it, it's like keeps you awake at night. You know, you're just thinking about it all the time. And you know, I mean, there's, there's something you just said. I want to just go back, roll back on, if I can. You know, you, you know, you said some people are going to go for Litecoin or Ripple or whatever it is, um, because you know it means somebody else is taking care of it or whatever. But of course, there's always cause and effect, isn't there? Um, you know, so the cause is you go and get a cheaper coin. The effect is you're not going to get the mass growth that you're going to enjoy with Bitcoin being the rock, etc. Um, so le leading on from that, that leads me nicely into my next question. You know, uh, we keep hearing and I keep banging on on my shows about, um, 
you know, don't keep your coins on, on exchanges because they have been hacked. They are being hacked. They will be hacked in the future and you're going to lose your coins. And uh, the thing is, is, there's the 80 20 rule in life. You know, and the 80 and, and you're always on your talking on your show about be a 20 percenter, have a, a strong hand, you know, but the 80 percenters, aren't they? They're just going to want the easy route and they're just going to want to leave it on an exchange and not have any hassle. So in your view, give me your answer to that. But equally, if there um, if there were an exchange at all that you would trust and what do you think exchanges are going to look like going forward? There's sort of two or three questions there uh, wrapped up in one. I do think they're going to, that exchanges and are going to morph into these online banks or crypto banks. I mean, Coinbase is already going in that direction because there are so many people that are used to the banking paradigm uh, that want a bank to keep care tear, take care of their money. So they're going to want an online bank like Coinbase to take care of their crypto. But I, I, I do not advise that at all. I cannot advise any uh, any uh, exchange. These, it was just like what you said, they, they get hacked all the time. Now in the Western world, there, I mean, Coinbase is insured. And yep. uh, I mean, if you, if you believe that, and if you're for some reason addicted to keeping, to not controlling your private key, then you should go with a, uh, something in the Western world that's insured. But because again, there are so many exchanges out there that, you know, Eastern Europe and who, you don't even know where they're coming from. And they'll, they'll get, they might just be scams themselves where they're going to exit scheme one day and just take all your coins. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I do not recommend any exchange. Obviously, some exchanges are more reliable than other ones because they are insured. Uh, if you want to look at it from that perspective, but I, I do see an evolution coming where, yeah, even though we know the correct way to keep your your Bitcoin on your storage device, control your own private key, most people well they'll still want to they'll still want a Bitcoin bank, and so uh, operations like Coinbase are going to do pretty well, and uh, and maybe they'll be able to hold it together. Maybe if they do get hacked, it, Lloyd's of London will cover them, and the people will be. But they, I just said a lot of maybe's there, a lot of ifs there. I, I don't want to worry about ifs. And leaving it to chance, I, I wanna, isn't it? I want to trust myself. Bitcoin. It, you know, you're not you're not supposed to trust the third party with Bitcoin. You're not supposed to trust Coinbase. You're supposed to trust yourself with controlling your own private key. I'd rather trust myself than trust a Coinbase or a bank. There are a lot of people out there. It's sad they 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 trust the bank over themselves. Apparently. So yeah, and some great points. So you know, leading on from that, when you think about it, you know, your show, um, my show, and I'm I'm struggling to think of any other shows that just keep banging on all the time about getting it off you know, an exchange onto a, a hardware device and a Trezor at that. Now, my preferred um, hardware device is a Trezor. Um, what are your views? You know, there are, there are several out there right now. Um, what are your views on a good storage device and which would be your favorite? Well, I do want to say we are not the lone voices. Thank God. We're not the lone voices saying put, put your put your get your bitcoin off these exchanges right now you know trace mayor who doesn't have his own show he was the proof of keys guy he was like yep. he wanted everyone to do it to, to bring down the exchanges to see which exchanges were telling the truth i mean vortex reminds people all the time i think uh, uh, btc benny there's, there's a lot of guys on, on our side definitely so don't don't feel like you're alone out there people you're doing the right thing by getting your uh yeah, but but there's some people you know there's some people who encourage altcoin buying some of these altcoins 
you, I mean, you would have to have a lot of skill to store them yourself. So they just keep the altcoins on the exchanges, which I do not. I mean, again, you, you something that I didn't answer that you said before. These altcoins appear cheaper than Bitcoin. They do appear cheaper, don't they? Because, you know, Bitcoin, it's unit bias. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin for the same price as a as an altcoin. OK, you just if you if you want to buy a ten dollar altcoin, just buy ten dollars worth of Bitcoin instead. The. People are tricked with, with these altcoins because they see sometimes the altcoin will go up in terms of dollar value, but in terms of Bitcoin value, it doesn't go up. You'd be better off holding Bitcoin. Over the long run, I I, I mean, you're better off holding Bitcoin. You, you definitely are. You got to value your wealth in Bitcoin. If you're messing around with altcoins, here's some advice. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Make sure they're going up in terms of Bitcoin, which they probably aren't. Know how to really store them know how to really send them. Most people, they don't know how to store them or send them, so they're just sitting on an exchange. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Now, this my storage device that I like, of course, is the Trezor. And you can store altcoins there. Litecoin can be stored there. Um, Ethereum can be, the Dash can be stored there. And these are top tier altcoins too. There's a difference, and I again, I am the Bitcoin Meister. I only encourage you to spend your fiat on Bitcoin. I have never spent fiat on these darn altcoins at all. For various reasons, people have given me altcoins. There have been, you know, crypto dividends, airdrops, uh, you know, forks, whatever. And I've, I've gotten them and earned it through Steam. But I'm always valuing them in Bitcoin and turning them into Bitcoin. I would not. But but again, there are there are some top tier ones. And you, the top tier ones you can keep on the, a device like a Trezor or a, uh, a a Ledger Nano. Now, yeah, the Ledger Nano, it's a good company. Uh it, it's it's pretty good, but again, I, I for me the Trezor is easier, and I've gotten more uh, positive reviews about the the Trezor. So I, I'm gonna again, I, I've got all sorts of things I've, I've played around with, and the and ones that I haven't played around with yet. Uh, but yeah, the tre Trezor is my main my main recommendation for storage device of your Bitcoin, and if you've got Litecoin and all that stuff too, whatever, put it on there. Also. Yeah, mine too. Um, I just I I really like the interface. I think it's very easy to use for a non technical person. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of, of the Trezor. Um, in your opinion, and you might not be able to answer this, but you know, on 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 a percentage level, just ballpark, what percentage of people that you think own coins? even bother to store them maybe on a hardware device how many people you know oh that's a great question that is a great question in terms of how many people oh my god of, of in the crypto community who actually do the right thing and put it on on, on a on on that on a trezor or a, just a, on a hardware wallet oh it's so few oh it's it's tear it's probably like 10 percent or less that's frightening uh, but but one thing you should consider though, of that of those ten percent, you have to assume that they have a lot more Bitcoin than the people who don't do it. So in in terms of all the, it, 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 it there's a good amount of Bitcoin on uh, storage on, on storage devices. Uh, but uh, it, the numbers probably aren't don't look as bad as as what I just just described. When you look at it as individuals though. Uh, that are doing the right thing. It's probably only ten percent of the people in the crypto community. In terms of the 
of the, the percentage of Bitcoin that's on storage devices, it's it's probably higher than, than 10%. It, it's definitely higher than 10%. That just jogged my memory to ask a question that I haven't got written down, but I think it's worthwhile. You know, what would you say to somebody that says, well, I can't afford a Bitcoin? You know, talk about the, the, the new savings plan, you know, what you can do around that and, you know, accumulate and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, right now, I guess for all the fiat freaks out there, they see the price of Bitcoin is $5,000. And I don't have five thousand dollars. Well, I mean, you just you think it again. You think of it as a savings account. So every week you put you buy ten dollars worth of it. You put it away, and and uh, you ain't. I call my show the one Bitcoin show. So you you set a goal in your head. I want to get one Bitcoin, and you don't worry about the fiat price. You just you know from week to week you buy what you can afford. Just little little by little it, it builds up over time. But some people just most people aren't patient. Most people aren't long term thinkers. They can't defer that gratification. But they're definitely just uh, just buy a little bit at a time. And if you're already a content creator, put your stuff on Steemit. Uh, you earn a little bit of you earn a little bit of steam. And some people are like, "Oh, the steam it's worth so little." But again, you you start piling it up, and then you turn it into Bitcoin, and then all of a sudden you got a little you know point oh 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 one Bitcoin. But that's better than zero. It's better than what you had before. And over time, it will add up. So. Uh, and then you know, once you got that big, once you got that one Bitcoin, then you aim for your second Bitcoin. But you don't spend that one Bitcoin right away either, because it was your savings account. You think about these halvings. You think about the 2020 halving. You think about the 2024 halving. You make a, a goal, like what year will I? Am I willing to spend this Bitcoin on anything? I don't. I don't just mean convert it back into fiat. Maybe you set a date. You're like 2028. By then, everyone will be accepting Bitcoin. You theorize, and I'll just spend my Bitcoin on a house or something like that. I mean, you got to yeah. you create a, lo a logical plan, uh, as you would with any savings plan. With any, uh, but again, most people in in the Western world, they don't even have a savings account. So I mean, they don't even. This is this is foreign to them. So, but but if you're watching this show, you probably have a uh, you probably got a savings mentality. I hope so. So. Um... I think it's fair to say that we we will all have a different plan, won't we? I mean, for me, you know, um, I'm sort of the older generation. So my plan, I mean, I, my plan revolves around the halvings. OK, and we'll talk about that in, in a while. Um, but, you know, so somebody who's maybe 30 or 40, you know, my goodness, how many halvings could they go through if they can delay that gratification and put um, and, and, and the wealth is shifting? I think the wealth in the world is going to shift away from the old dinosaurs like Buffett and Buffett and people like that into people that are at the cutting edge of cryptocurrency. And, and we really don't have a clue how this thing is going to go. None of us know where it's going to go to. We've all got a gut feeling where we know it's going to go to. Um, but, you know, most people, you know, they, they just, they haven't really got a clue. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, most, most people don't don't see this on the horizon, but I will I will say that you know you said that the money uh, the finances of the world uh, will, will shift from uh, the old the old ways of of the Buffets of the world to the new people. Now I do think the first trillionaire on Earth probably will be a holder of Bitcoin. Maybe it'll be the Winklevoss brothers. I will say this about the traditional people: they have heard about Bitcoin, so. The wealth might not shift away from them. It's still early. Warren Buffett could wake up today and say, "You know what? I'm going to get some of this Bitcoin now." I'm going to. So he could still maintain th those old school guys. They've got a lot of cash on hand. So even if just like two percent of them decided, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm shifting my my, uh, my view on this. I'm going to go into Bitcoin hardcore. 
Well, it would make a big difference. It it would make a big difference, and they would end up the first trillionaire on Earth, maybe. Who knows? So we can say, I mean, over time, there's all sorts of evolution in the world, and there's financial evolution, and there is nothing preventing all the people who are into gold and into stocks right now from evolving and getting into this right now, and, and some will. And the cool thing is that some people that have never been into those things at all, they they will be able to become uh, wealthy. And uh, then there'll be just people who are uh, sitting on the sidelines that like to make commentary and say that, oh, it's going to fail, it's going to fail. And they'll just they'll look back and make up more excuses why they didn't do it. Oh, it was only the rich people knew about it back then. No, we're living in back then. We're living in back then right now. We're going to look back on this as very early. So there's no excuse. It's not just rich people that are talking about it now. It's not just technical geeks. We're not rich people. We're not technical geeks. We're regular guys that that found out about this. So there's nothing preventing anyone from getting. You can be a poor person and buy it. You could be Warren Buffett and buy it right now. And that's that's one of the positives about this. There are no obstacles. You don't have to be an accredited investor. Like again, to get the Facebook IPO, you had to be an accredited invest investor. There 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 you know there were back ways of doing it. You had to be connected. With Bitcoin, you do not have to be connected. And yet, at the same time, there are many people that that just, they hear about it, they're like, oh, it's a scam, it's for criminals, and, or they just haven't heard about it. Well, they'll, they'll regret it one day, probably, or they'll just make up excuses, who knows. And then you've got, probably about a year ago, <clears throat> JP Morgan boss, Jamie Dimon, calling it a fraud, you know, and then all of a sudden, a year later, they, they're doing their own coin. And I think what I'm trying to do on my show is to educate people that, you know, a coin, a company coin or a government coin, you know, it's going to be controlled. It can be manipulated. You know, it, they can use it as fractional reserve. It is not Bitcoin, is it? You know, Bitcoin is uncensorable. It's immutable. You know, it can't be changed. You know, yeah. just buy some, hold some. It's going to get scarcer and scarcer as the years go on. You know, so that, you know, I'm trying to get people to understand that they they can't listen. They mustn't listen to the mainstream FUD machine, as I call yeah. it. The well, I'll, I'll, I'll give a comparison that maybe some of the, uh, you know, people in their 20s aren't going to get this comparison, but they're more into Bitcoin anyway. But back in the in the days when the Internet started booming, you know, in the late 90s, probably like 1997, from what I've heard, all oh, these uh, these corporations were like, let's make our own intranets. We're talking about big corporations. It's, like, it's not about the Internet. It's about we're going to control. We're going to make our own little Internets that only our company can use and special people can get on and we'll have all our information there and people will and we'll be able to charge people. who knows what their what their dreams were these were private internet they weren't i mean the internet is just gigantic thing so they were gonna have their own intranets which were private internets is, is a way to explain mm -hmm. and they failed miserably it, it, it didn't work out no they, they wasted these they were saying oh the internet's for criminals we want to control we want to have our own and it, 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 I mean, we're talking big corporations. We're talking about intranets being the thing of the future. And so you look back and you laugh at that now. It was, they were all these people saying intranet, not internet. Well, that, that is just a, a huge joke back now. Jack, a, a huge joke when we look back on it now. And so you, with that perspective, and, and you hear these people saying, well, let's let private coin, let, let's make our own centralized coin, not Bitcoin. Well, I think we'll look back at, on it in the same way, like, why? Why did J.P. Morgan think they could have their their own coin when there was Bitcoin? I mean, what what, what were they exactly thinking? There's 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 no comparison. 
no comparison. Yeah, I think I think coins are going to come, coins are going to go. Exchanges are going to come, exchanges are going to go. But Bitcoin will just walk forward. You know, I don't think it's the racehorse mentality, it's the pack horse mentality, but Bitcoin will just quietly move forward. You know, I think it's died about 350 times, hasn't it? You know, there's so many obituaries out there, Bitcoin obituaries, and yet it just it moves forward and it, and it continues to grow um, slowly but surely. Now, in terms of slowly but surely, that leads me on to my next question, and that is... You know, from a, from a, a fundamental level, we've got Bitcoin, you know, and, you know, new people here are Bitcoin slow. It's clunky. You know, it's expensive, etc. We've now got the Lightning Network that is coming on stream, which is a second layer built on the top of Bitcoin. So in your own words, explain to our viewers what that is and what do you and what you think that's going to do for the Bitcoin landscape going forward? Well, it's, at, at certain times, uh, at certain times, it's expensive to send Bitcoin. So, and, and, at, and it's hard to send little amounts and you, you can't, you know, buy things. Thus, it would be difficult to, to buy things at stores and to use it as a currency under certain conditions. Sometimes it's not, we're not going to get into that. What the Lightning Network guarantees is that you'll be able to make very, small transactions, very cheap, very fast. That's what it does. It, it will allow uh, you to go to the 7-Eleven and buy a Slurpee, just, just like that. And uh, it, it'll be, the transaction will be done. It'll be finalized. You'll know it'll go, everyone will be happy. Okay. Uh, you'll be, so it, it makes it, uh, it makes it a uh, transactable currency, the, the Lightning Network for, for any type of purchase for small and large. Uh, and it's built on top of the, the main Bitcoin layer. So for all the people that are saying, oh, you can't buy anything with your Bitcoin. It's too slow. It's too expensive. That that takes care of that fund. That's what the Lightning Network is. So it's a little bit like holding gold, but something being backed by gold to simplify it for everyone. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? You know, the gold is the store of value, for want of a better word, maybe not a good comparison. But then you, you might have something where you can spend something and that spend is backed by gold. Um, but obviously the Lightning Network is set up so it makes, like you say, payments a lot cheaper, a lot simpler. Um, uh, do you think that will play a massive part going forward, you know, next few years, five years, 10 years? I think eventually it will be very important. Right now, people aren't ready to transact with their cryptocurrency. A yep. lot of people say, oh, I want to buy X, Y, and Z. They're, they're, not, they're not companies demanding right now that, we we need to be able to internet with cryptocurrency. We need to be able to sell our product. The people that's not, but eventually they're building it for the future. They're looking for the future so that when the time comes, it it, it will be ready. Bitcoin will be ready for uh for transactions when when people are wanting to do uh trans. Right now, Bitcoin is is basically a wealth protection device. I mean that's what it is right now. So it doesn't matter how slow it is and how uh, you know if it costs a dollar to send or if it costs fifty cents to send or whatever you know whatever you know. Again, Lightning Network when, when you're using it, then it costs like fractions of of a, of a penny to send. But uh, I mean we're talking about people buying Bitcoin to preserve. I mean if you're in South Africa, people are buying it just to preserve their wealth to to beat the inflation of the rand. So They'll buy it. It doesn't matter if, it, and then they move it to the trezor. It's not gonna. It's not gonna bother them that it costs them a dollar to send it to their trezor because they're 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 again. But if they were buying a Slurpee, it would bother them uh, if it costs a dollar to to use their Bitcoin. But they're not buying Slurpees. That's not people aren't buying coffee 
with with Bitcoin right now. There's no demand to buy coffee with with cryptocurrency right now. The the demand is for is it is is, is you know is for people who are treating it like gold as a to to store their value or to to send it to people who are uh, again there there are people on YouTube who have been banned or people that have been banned from Patreon. Well, the way you support those people, you send them Bitcoin, and so it did. The people it, people aren't. It, that's not there's there's not a time constraint on that. Pe people won't be annoyed if like, oh, it took ten minutes to send this Bitcoin to this person who's been kicked off YouTube. No, that that's not that's. Uh, but but again, with with Lightning Network, when you're buying something, yeah, you want it to be done in a second. But right now, uh, people are are not using cryptocurrency to buy coffee. But but again, it, when the day comes, Bitcoin will be ready. I was going to say, um, you know, Bcash uh, forked off of Bitcoin because, you know, everybody they said everybody wanted to be able to use um, Bitcoin to buy coffee. But I think what we're clearly seeing now is that Bitcoin, people are buying it and holding it as a store of value, aren't they? That's what yeah. they're doing. They're holding it long term. Yes. And and as you also notice, all, companies all over the world aren't saying, oh, yes. Let's work with Bcash here and sell our products at Bcash. That's not going on. The Bcash isn't being moved very much at all. I mean, it's, it's not being used for what they said they needed it to be used for right then and there in August of 2017. They right then they needed a solution to the to the scaling and, the, and I mean, that's just that's <laughs> again be a long term be a long term thinker. Be patient. You don't want to, and that's the thing with Bitcoin. It, it does not rush people. It doesn't change. It really yeah. the base layer doesn't change, and that is a good thing. That's a good thing. And uh, if you want to change Bitcoin, then you fork off. You create a new Bitcoin, like uh, like Bcash did, and see see if it can compete. And it can't compete. People, so many more people. Bitcoin is the real Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the but, but others can try. Others can yeah. try. That's the it's fair. Yeah. Others can try. Uh, so um, on that Bcash theme, um, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin forks and airdrops, etc., in terms of um, what they can give us in terms of like uh, when you say free Bitcoin, free, free um, dividends, free airdrops? Is there an argument perhaps that by the forks happening, it could um, deflect people away from Bitcoin and slow its growth, do you think? Or do you think the airdrops will, you know, the, 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 I don't, well, I don't think we're going to get forks anymore, are we? You know, airdrops seem to be the way forward. We had the B-Rhodium airdrop and, you know, uh, that was, even I messed up and lost my B-Rhodium, but I'm not going to do that with a Mimble Wimble coin, that's for sure. Um, but with these airdrops, do you think there's going to be more of them in the future? And what are your thoughts around all the forks and airdrops? Well, I, I, I do creating these are just unique ways of creating and distributing altcoins so we've had altcoins created for years for since before i even got it was, since 2013 they've been creating i don't know when litecoin was founded it might have been 2012 or i have no idea but they've been creating altcoins for a while and it hasn't hurt bitcoin competition is a good thing let there be yeah. competition even if they name their coin bitcoin whatever bitcoin adam meister if they want to it's not People know what the real Bitcoin is. Now there might be some people that are distracted, but that's just that's just the way of the world. They're going to be altcoins. We can't. There's the cool thing about cryptocurrency. There isn't some overriding power that says you cannot create any more altcoins. Now, like, like in the United States, if you started printing dollars, you'd get in big trouble. There, there are rules. You cannot print more U.S. dollars. It, they have a monopoly on 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 
printing of money in the United States. But in cryptocurrency, that that, that does not exist. So that is one of the awesome things. So uh, I, I do see more. There are always going to be people out there that want to innovate. There are always going to be people out there that think they can create the next Bitcoin. So let them do it. And if they want to airdrop their coin to Bitcoin holders, it's a compliment to Bitcoin holders. It's a compliment to Bitcoin. They're building it on top of Bitcoin. They're building it on top of Bitcoin's brand. And that's another reason why it's a rock. Uh, they, they, people aren't forking off of other altcoins. Yeah, there've been like a couple here and there, but the, the majority, the vast majority of airdrops and and uh, forks, all our crypto dividends have come off of Bitcoin. Okay. And that 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 says that says a lot right there. So you treat it. So even if someone is trying to like with B with B Cash, they were legitimately trying to be Bitcoin. You take it in stride. You know Bitcoin is the one, and you tr you 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 take it as interest. You take it as a one-time dividend on your holdings, and you turn it into Bitcoin. And that's what most people did. That's what most people. So if, if people want to give me a free coin because I am a holder of Bitcoin, I think that's great. I'll turn it into Bitcoin. And it encourages people to save. It encourages people to hold their Bitcoin, the creation of all these forks and crypto dividends and, and airdrops. Um, because you, you can't get these things if, you're let your, if your Bitcoin is at some exchange, okay? And that's been proven. It, people who've had their Bitcoin at Coinbase all this time, they never got their B gold crypto dividend. Never got it. Never got mm -hmm. it at all. If you had it on your Trezor, you got it soon afterwards. And it, some people were able to get really good returns on that. So yeah, I I, I see him I see him coming, and I see him as uh, I see him as positives. I just because I'm a positive guy. If you, I'm sure people can spin it in any negative way they want to, but uh, that's not productive. I, I don't think that's productive. And I think um, if you have confidence in Bitcoin, you can see that yeah, let them do, let people do what they want to do. Uh, you take personal responsibility over what you're going to do. Let them do. What they're going to do, and you, if you have confidence in Bitcoin and you know it's the rock, it'll it'll turn out fine. So, don't panic, people. Hold, buy and hold, people. Strong, Strong. hand. Strong hand. Okay, um, we've got a couple more questions to go, which is great. So, Adam, you've lived through a halving. I haven't. Okay, I joined. I got my first Bitcoin in May 2017. So, in terms of what now we don't know what we can expect it's all in the lap of the gods but there does seem to be some kind of a a trend a pattern that happens uh, with halvings now we are creeping up to the 2020 halving i think may 2020 which is not a million miles away now about 14 months and and we can't predict anything and i don't like predicting things i know you don't like predicting things but how do you see the lead up to the halving and then the halving itself and post halving going what do you think will happen um to you know the bitcoin price i don't like talking about price but obviously it does pump in certain you know certain things when certain things are going on so how do you see that playing out well let's let's talk about what happened in the 2016 halving leading up to it now the 2016 halving it was either in june or july of 2016 Okay, it's that, that's a little blurry for me. I, I went to a party that night and there were like 10 people at the, at the Bitcoin halving party or 20 people. You could expect the Bitcoin halving parties to be a lot bigger this time around because back then people didn't know what was going on. But still, most people in crypto right now, they don't know that the halving's coming up. They don't know what a halving even is. They don't know that the, 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 the amount of new Bitcoin produced will be cut in half, which is, which is a big thing. 
Now, the, the, the miners prepare beforehand. They know they're not going to be producing as much Bitcoin before uh, in the future. So they start hoarding it. Uh, they don't put as much on the market beforehand. So if you're not putting as much Bitcoin on the market before the halving, yeah, the price is going to go up in terms of fiat. So what happened last time was it was, 2015, it was 2015, okay? And the price of Bitcoin had been going down for a while. Everyone was in the dumps. People didn't know Bitcoin would survive. Oh, my God. And then it, it, it did start going up in 2015. And, and uh, But still, people were like, it's never going to get back to $1,100. It's never going to get there. It seemed like a pipe dream that it, it could get that high again. And people were making fun of people. Oh, you bought it $700. You bought it $800. You're, you're a bag holder. And most people, they, they had capitulated. They had sold their supposedly overpriced Bitcoin for much less than they had paid for. But sure enough, 2016 came around and it was like January and February and the price started to inch up. And I made a prediction that, you know, in a few months, people would start talking about this halving thing and we should start hyping the halving. I called it halving hype. And uh, people did start talking about it. And I did say that the mainstream would even bring it up. And it, it did make the mainstream media like a few, like two months before the halving. And by that time, the price did, it started to ramp up. It it probably started around $400, $350 at the beginning of, of, of 2016. And before the halving, it, it had basically doubled to over $700 to a, a little bit before the halving. Now, before that halving, um, before that halving, there was a hack. There was a, the Bitfinex hack happened. So then it, it dropped down some. And so when we got to the day of the halving, Nothing magical happened that day. It didn't like spike up even more. The magic had already happened, really. It, it, it had gone back to 700 and now it was in the 600s again. And then after the halving, it started slowly rising toward the end of the year. And then it was at $1,000 on January the 1st, 2017. And 2017 was just a magnificent year. So if, so if it follows that pattern, then we'll see. Uh, people will start talking about it. Probably in February of 2020, the mainstream media will start covering it. Uh, in April, uh, people will start panic buying because they'll realize what it is. The price will spike and then it will go down a little bit before the halving. And then after the halving, it will gradually go up toward the end of the year. And then next year will be, 2021 will be just some incredible year. But that might, I mean, again, that this is what happened last time. But you get, again, there's good, the miners, the bottom line is the miners are producing less, less Bitcoin. They'll be producing less Bitcoin. And it's a supply mm. and demand type of thing. And yep. Bitcoin is a lot more popular than it was back around 2016. So I, I, expect, I expect good things. I have always said, people, li just live out the next halving. Save at least until the next halving, which is 2020, afterwards and see what happens. So we're going to see what happens. But I... I, I have a, a, po a very positive take. Already, there was an article the other day that said, why did Bitcoin spike? Uh, on, it was on April 4th, whatever, it was on April 2nd. And they gave some reason about a, a big whale. And one of the reasons is the halving is approaching. But, but there you go. They're already starting to use it as an excuse for why. Now, I don't think... I don't think someone all of a sudden said, oh, the halving's uh, approaching. Now Bitcoin's going to be worth more. No, that, I don't think that was part of it. But people are starting to wake up that the halving is approaching. And you'll, you'll see everyone, I can guarantee you this, the halving talk will increase exponentially uh, as, as we get closer.
it will be the biggest thing in the Bitcoin space by like two months before the halving. It will be big. Everyone will be talking 2020 halving and we'll all be just laid back. Like we've been talking about this thing for four years, man. We're, we're ready. We're ready. We don't have to buy it now because we already bought it. Do you know something? This is so exciting because you could walk down the street and most people don't even have a clue what Bitcoin is. They don't know what crypto is or anything. It's like to know what we know for anybody that's on this on this show right now or watching this in the future to know what we know. I mean, crikey, are we early adopters? Anyone that's got Bitcoin, are they in a good position or what? Yeah, you know, because most people. I, yeah, I say it's we've got insider info. We've got insider info, even though it's, it's all the info is out there, but people aren't just willing to learn it. And again, that's why your channel's so great. You give out the insider info, you give the basics. You're not into like showing the latest altcoin flavor of the month. So this is the problem. Even people who enter the space don't have the insider info. They get caught up in this altcoin flavor of the month ICO madness. And in the long term, that is not very beneficial. That's not beneficial. Mm -hmm. Because when they when 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 the Bitcoin starts a pumping, they don't have Bitcoin. They 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 lost out. They have some ICO. They have Veritasium. I mean, what the <laughs> how's that like button, dude? If you got the Bitcoin, but uh, I yeah. So listen, Adam. Um, cracking show. I hope I hope you guys out there have enjoyed it. If you have, bash that like button, really. Um, what advice would as we wrap this up? What advice would you give to newbies? Somebody just coming on, um, maybe a friend has called them, told them about Bitcoin. They don't really know anything. Give some very good sound advice to newbies. All right, just you buy some Bitcoin. Now, the easiest place to do that at is Coinbase for Americans, at least, and. But once you do that, uh, get it. Send some. You can create a. You can create another address, a free address at blockchain.info. Let's say send a little bit there so you know how to send it. If you're comfortable at that point, then buy your trezor and then send all your Bitcoin over there because you gotta know how to send it too. You got. You gotta. I mean, these seem like a lot of people probably are laughing at this, but no, this is some serious stuff. You buy it. You learn how to send it. You, you send the li some little pieces of it, maybe to a friend, he sends it back to you. You're, you're comfortable with it. And then you get that treasure. You get it off that exchange. You get it off Coinbase. And then that's great. It's You you, you can do all the basics at that point. You can buy it. You can send it. You can store it. And then from there, you keep watching videos like this, learn learn more and more and more. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time from there. So uh, wow. uh, do not, but again, some people are going to get stuck. They're like, Oh, it was so easy to buy it. I'll just, I'll just leave it here. No, you, you do have to learn how to actually, to to send the stuff and then how to store the stuff. So don't, don't, don't get caught, get stuck in step one there. But step wow. one is important. Buy, buying it is important because there are a lot of people that just sit there and complain and be like, oh, why did I ever get it? And you know, and just you could buy like a, a fifty dollars worth of it, and then, and once you've figured out how to send and store and do all that stuff, then you buy fifty dollars every month or every week or whatever you can afford, and you aim to get that one. You aim to one and then you aim to get two and so on. So you kept set, you kept setting goals for yourself. Yeah, because one, once you learn how to send it, I mean, <clears throat> when you when you get it onto Coinbase, what you want to do is then go and send it to your Trezor and, you know, send a little bit. I mean, I remember when I first sent my first Bitcoin, it was like really scary. It was only a tiny bit, but I thought, oh, crikey, is it going to go through? Is it going to go through? Is it going to catch me out? <clears throat> and even now, even if you move some around, sometimes you think, oh, God, oh, God. But it does send as long as you've got the send address correct and everything. You know, I just uh, like you. I mean, you can tell that I watch your channel because I'm pretty well a flipping clone of what you say, which is not a bad thing. If we're all, 
you know, banging on with the same message to people, you know, we're just going to, how, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you touch the world with this one person at a time, one show at a time? Keep banging the drum and you can't go far wrong. Um, Adam, it's been an absolute blast having you on the show. Um, it really has, and I appreciate you being on. Um, any closing remarks from you? Anything you want to cover? Where can people find you at? I've put several of your links below, um, but any closing remarks? Yeah, disruptmeister.com. You can watch all my videos there. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Just look up Bitcoin Meister on YouTube. I do a new show every day, new show every day. I did want to say one thing about the Trezor. A lot of people are intimidated by the price of the Trezor. Oh, it's so expensive. And thus, they don't, they don't when they buy at Coinbase, the next thing they do is not buy a Trezor because they're like, I just bought all this Bitcoin at Coinbase. I don't want to get the store. I don't want to pay $100 more for this Trezor. It's worth it. It's, it's a one-time insurance payment, people. It's a one-time insurance payment. So that's why I say some people, are their first, their first sending of Bitcoin is not going to be to a Trezor. So, and that's fine. But if, if you do get, get the hang of sending that Bitcoin, you, then you really should get the Trezor at that point. It is just insurance. It's a one-time insurance payment. You pay insurance on your car every six months, people. Why not just make a one-time insurance payment on a, for a storage device, a Trezor, on your Bitcoin? So I'll, I'll leave that. Uh, those words of wisdom right there. Wow. Here, here. But what I would say is, I don't know what it's like in America, but over here, I was looking yesterday, and I mean, I bought my first Trezor, 109 British pounds. Um, it's now, they're now down to 46, the Trezor 1. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with the Trezor one. You know, they're fantastic. They they do they do all the firmware updates that the, the Model T does. They do, they've got the functionality of the Model T. And I think somebody getting started, I think you're right, for 46 quid in England for a Trezor, you know, and it's not about what you're putting on it now. It's what that Bitcoin is worth in 10 years time or five years time, isn't it? That's what you should place, the value you should place on whether you should get a Trezor or not. And I, I strongly encourage people um, to get a Trezor and make that one-time investment. Um, Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, thank you so much for being on with me uh, today, tonight in England. Um, I've had a blast. I'm hoping the viewers have. Um, if you have, guys, as always, have a strong hand. Get some Bitcoin, get it off an exchange onto a Trezor. Follow me across all those platforms at UK Bitcoin Master. Um, down in the bottom right hand corner, hit that subscribe button, like this, share it, do all what we ask you to do. That is the end of the show, guys. Adam, thank you so much for being on. I will catch you all on Monday from Adam and myself, Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master. Have yourselves a fantastic Bitcoin day. See ya. Power that light button. Go for it. <laughs>